Hi, I'm Lisa Marie. And I'm Jen. And this is the Women in the Woods podcast. And we're not in the woods right now. But we would love to be. So, in so in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about backcountry essentials, all things water and water sources, planning for water, treating your water, everything you need to know for the number one essential whenever you do anything in the backcountry. Yes. Hydration is so important, mm. and water is life, and not having water is... Death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, as someone who panics when she cannot find a viable water source, um, this is a very important topic. Yes, it is. <laughs> and we may give you some tips about peeing in the woods while we're at it. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know is if we have a, enough time. Is that, is that a thing people need tips for? <laughs> uh, apparently, people keep asking me about it. Really? Know. Yeah. So anyway, um, I will cut that part out. Um, but before we go into that... Jen, what did you do in the woods this week slash few weeks? We've had a small break. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the decades since I've seen yeah. you. <laughs> um, so the weather has been not super terrible. Uh, we've kind of come out of our endless winter. <laughs> Gollum can go back into yeah, the, no longer turning into the Gollum. The icy tundra of Hoth has <laughs> melted. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I uh, I did a, a few cool things. One is, and number one most, Jenny from Unlikely Hikers Yay! sponsored her first Unlikely Hikers group hike. So awesome. It Jenny is amazing. so awesome. Mm. It was great because I, I, I have not seen her since she was last on our podcast doing the interview for us, mm-hmm. um, and I've been wanting to be in a nature space with her um and it was so lovely that I was able to do that she organized a group hike um in Forest Park doing kind of a loop of like the Wildwood Trail and a couple other trails um it ended up being like just under five miles and it was it it ended up being a beautiful day yay which like never happened (laughs) um but it was sunny it was beautiful this was last Saturday um and there were about eight different folks that showed up. Um, so it was were they re- unlikely hikers? Yeah. Well, it was really cool to meet all these people because it's just great when like your Instagram friends become like your actual friends. Yeah. So, um, so it was really really cool. I know she is planning on another one soon. If you are not already following Jenny at Unlikely Hikers, I don't know what you're doing with your life, but yeah. you, you need to do that. And um, she will post all future upcoming hikes that she has. Um, most will probably be within the Portland area. I would imagine but if you are here in the pacific northwest and you want to join her slash us on that i say us because like i was able to go to one yeah um, yeah even though she only had the one. i was really excited because i have a really weird work schedule yeah i was like you're putting a thing and i can come so i was so excited to be there um yeah it was super fun she's a great guide um and really kept like a nice pace and everyone it was just so lovely so yeah um what have you been up to since I last saw you? Ah, well, um, and first I will uh, say if you want to follow along with um, Unlikely Hikers on Instagram, it's at Unlikely Hikers, um, and that's an at Jenny Brusso, B-R-U-S-O. Um, that's Jenny's personal account. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can follow both of those things on Instagram, and you'll have updates from her about when the next hike is going to be. Mm-hmm. And, and she also writes a really cool blog, too, that's like very personal but really awesome. Yeah. Um, I Take the Long Way, I yes. believe, is yes. her blog mm-hmm. yeah and so and she's wonderful we love her she was on the podcast go back and listen to her interview she's great and she's blowing up yeah um, she's doing exciting things with rei she's yes! one of their featured women yes um, yeah she's, she's doing big awesome things yeah so i would like to think we knew her when yeah <laughs> totally. but she's she's just crushing it out there yeah. which is great with her writing so yeah. she's super cool <laughs> so me oh man well i just part of the re- okay let's be real listeners there was a break in things because I was busy and then I was in Hawaii and I edit everything and so I'm like we're back 
But um, uh, when I got, I was just so in Hawaii. Where, so where have you been yes. since I last saw you? <laughs> I have been several places, um, but primarily Hawaii. Um, I went to the big island of Hawaii, um, and while I was there, I went on a ton of hikes and uh, ran up a volcano. Um, you know, like, no, like you do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so the hikes, um, I ran up, so there are little mounds, like grassy mounds, um, that you can go up there called poo-oos. Um, I, know, I know. Run up those poo mounds. <laughs> Volcanic poo mounds. <laughs> so so steep me. <laughs> but they're, they're just big like mounds of earth that are like little hills. They're like failed volcanoes that are now grassy. Aww. And often there are cows on that. Like, you know, they're like grazing fields. And it's P-U apostrophe U is how you spell it. Poo-U. Um, and so there are a number of those you can, like, go up. Um, and I'm going to say Poo-U Wa'awa'a or something like that. I'm, I messed it up the whole time I was there. But I went up that one. It's like a There's a preserved thing there. There's a really good view at the top. Um, and then I found another one. It was like Pu'u Oeke, and I'm gonna maybe I shouldn't pronounce things. There's another <laughs> one near Kohala um, that at the top. So like all of these, I was used to just uh, like going running up them. They're pretty steep, um, and you get to the top, you get a cool view. You can sometimes see the ocean, um, and it's much cooler up there than it is down by the water. But when I went up this one, uh, I did it because it said there was this rainforest thing, and I was like, I'm on like a grassy knoll. Where is this rainforest? And then it was super steep. And when I crested towards the top, suddenly it got kind of foggy. Then I started hearing some water trickling by. And then sure enough, there's a fucking hidden rainforest wow. at the top. And it's a completely different climate. And it was like, what? how is this? And like a rainforest filled with like pigs and like oh. crazy shit. Yeah. It was, it was ridiculous. Um, and that was my favorite hike. My favorite thing I did the whole time I was That's at. That's so magical. It was. Like you stepped into Hawaiian Narnia. Exactly. <laughs> and there's this red gate, and maybe I'll share that photo on Instagram, like, because they put fences around it because of the pigs and stuff that are in the, like, rainforest. And so you have to go through this, like, big metal red gate. It is like Narnia. Like, you're going into this alternate universe. Are it's they trying to so... keep the pigs in? I think so, so they don't fuck stuff up outside of the rainforest. Fair enough. Because they fuck things up. But, um, but I was excited about that. Everyone's like, be careful. And I'm like, oh, I want to find the pigs. And so I was like tracking one because they were fresh prints. And so I was like following and, but, um, but I didn't, I just heard, I heard, I definitely heard things and I'm pretty sure were pigs. Last time I was in Hawaii, I got to see little piggies in the woods and that was awesome, but not this time. Um, they're boars. Let's, okay. They're not pigs. They're boars. Um, but anyway, so that was really cool. That Pu'u run was great. But also, I ran up Mauna Kea, and so last time I was there, I ran up Mauna Loa, and that's... Oh, the, that's the highest point in Hawaii, isn't it? Mauna Kea is. Oh. Mauna Loa is way more interesting to me. Like, there are more cool trails that you can go up Mauna Loa, and it's more central to some of the folklore of the Hawaiian, like, folklore. Um, Pele, like, lived for a while on Mauna Loa and stuff like that. Um, but Mauna Kea is taller and you can drive to the top. Okay. Quote unquote drive. You need like a four by four. It's like <laughs> a crazy ass road on the side of a fucking volcano. That's like not accessible by average vehicles. Um, and, uh, <laughs> that's like everything in Hawaii. It's like, just get a, get a four wheel drive vehicle. Um, but I decided to run to the top and, um, but mostly tourists will go over to Mauna Kea cause it's taller. The observatory is over there. Um, it's often cloudy on Mauna Loa, but not on Mauna Kea. So you can see better stars up there. Mm. Um, and it's taller. It's like 500 feet taller or something like that. Well, I had avoided it cause I wanted to go to Mauna Loa. I still think Mauna Loa is more special than Mauna Kea, but Mauna Kea is cool. And that trail Oh my god. So, Jen has talked many times, we've both talked about making sure you research your trails and, like, get a good feel for what you're getting yourself into before you go, right? Oh, no. <laughs> I did not. No. I, well, I looked Have you the... learned nothing from our podcast? <laughs> I don't learn things. No. <laughs> but I, uh, I did at least look to see the distance and, like, the elevation gain, but I guess it didn't register in my head that, like, over that short of it like over like six miles I don't remember how long it was but over the mileage and that elevation gain that it was gonna be the grades of like I could lean forward and touch the ground I'm trying to step on you know like it was ridiculous I could not believe how steep this hike was wow. and also it was like silty sandy stuff so like 
you don't make progress. You slide every time you place your feet. It's like a treadmill. Yes. And, oh, and I fucking hate treadmills. And so if you've ever looked at my Instagram, you know I hate treadmills. So I got very, very frustrated because I was at elevation, you know, I'm over 11,000 feet, like, running in sand up a steep incline for hours. Mm-hmm. And I, it, I just, like... At a certain point, I did actually, like, lay down for a second to, <laughs> to cry and scream obscenities. Oh then I felt way better, and I made it all the way up to the top. <laughs> but, Sometimes um, you just need a good fetal cry. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's pretty much what propelled me to the GMT. It was, oh, yeah? like, a good nightly fetal cry, and then I was, like, good for the next exactly. day. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, I'm gonna just die now and then like howl at the moon You're like okay i'm i'm good exactly like regeneration exactly <laughs> so that was that was an experience but it was awesome i totally recommend it even though it was difficult um actually no i don't i recommend mauna loa more than i recommend mauna kea um and the poos are awesome the secret beaches are awesome i'm not going to talk about everything i did because i don't want to give away all the cool spots you know that like maybe locals go to yeah and other things have happened since but we'll leave it at that that was my big thing. It cool. was great. Awesome. So now on to all things moist and wet and drinkable. Water. I know that sounded horrible. I but, hate um, that word I'm so sorry. much. Everybody hates that. Unless you're describing cake, don't say the M word. <laughs> <laughs> um, so water sources. Yeah, so we're going to talk about water and yeah. how to find it and drink it and be deliciously hydrated yes for your for your outdoor adventure because that is one of your the it's the number one that's why we were talking we're like we want to talk about backcountry essentials they were like we could do a whole freaking episode about water knowing where to find your water like planning ahead of time for how you're going to have water knowing how to find that water how to treat your water like everything about that is so key or you do die like literally and the and you don't i don't think i ever really realized how important all of the water stuff was it's more than just carrying it with me um until you're out there and you're like shit i am thirsty oh yeah like this is a really important thing i don't think about my gear as much the number one thing i think about is like how am i going to deal with water yeah yeah Yeah, water is honestly it's one of those things where i think a lot of people can deal with a lot of things they can work through pain they can work through weird wayfinding they can work through like crazy weather but, like, the second you run out of water, it's, like, everything is terrible, yeah. and I need to, like, remedy this immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can I can deal with most things, but the second I'm out of water, it becomes, like, all I think about. So. If, if only there was a hangry for water. Thangry? Huh. Th- <laughs> Don't get thangry. Or, or more like or a death. Or more like a thanic. <laughs> like, a thir- like a thirsty panic. Thanic is the so don't get fanicky. Well, I I sweat so much yeah, and I cry so yeah. much. Like I, I go I, I go through I go through a lot of water. I'm a lot of Monica. So I need I need a lot of replenishment yeah. on the constant. Yeah. So yeah, so it's it's super important. So we're gonna share some tips and tricks with you yeah. for planning for water. And then what to do when shit hits the fan and you don't have it. Because we've both had experiences, which we will talk about. But first of all, planning for your water. So before you even go on a long distance trip, so we're talking about multi-day or even like enough hours that you need to start thinking about. Yeah, even like a good day hike. Exactly. You need water. Yeah. And so how do we go about planning for that? Mm -hmm. So I would say for running, um, when I do like a long run during the day, I just plan, like, if, I, if I'm running in the city, if I have to run in the city, obviously, I just, like, plan around um, parks and water sources and parks. Um, if I'm running on trail, I always bring water bottles with me. I have a running pack that I wear. It has two little water bottles I can bring, and I'll just fill them, make sure they're good to go, usually with electrolyte. Um, at least one will be electrolyte drink, one will be water, so I can alternate and make sure I have enough for my run. Uh, if I need to bring extra, I'll throw an extra one in my pack um, or a water bladder in my pack, so I have three sources of water. Um, but I always try to make sure I have enough for the entirety of the run. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I do the bladder because mm-hmm. um, I like to have a little saw to struck th- uh, a little straw to suck through <laughs> yeah. so that I don't even have to think about it. It's just, it's just at my mouth when I need it. <laughs> Nice um, things. I'm a big fan of the <laughs> 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 I'm a big fan of the 
Sorry, I had to. Dirty. I know. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the platypus water bladder. Yep, nice, me um, too. So here, so, okay, f- just like a really quick funny story. Yes, yeah. Um, about, like, water going awry. Um, <laughs> so when I, the night before, I was, I think I may have told you the story, but I don't think I've told the listeners yet, yeah, so. No. <laughs> I'm like a grandfather who's like, oh, a person who hasn't heard the story. <laughs> so I must tell it again. Because um, it's great. So, um, so the night before I was leaving for my Wonderland trail hike, which was a 13 day backpack around Mount Rainier, I've talked about like a bajillion times, but, um, my favorite, um, I decided to be like prudent and just like fill my water bladder before, like the night before so that it was like, like, and I put it in the fridge and so that way the next morning, so I was leaving at like four in the morning. And I didn't want to think about anything except, like, putting on clothes the next morning. Mm. So, um, at the time, I had a different water bladder. Um, I had a camelback. And it was one of the camelbacks where you have to, like, twist. Mm. Like, it's like a twisty disc. Yeah. And that was the the bane of my existence. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually really hated that. Because um, it would, sometimes it would just take, it would be impossible to get that twisty disc off. I don't know how people do it all the time. Anyway, it turns out that that bladder had sprung a leak. Oh, yeah, no, the worst. Uh, yeah, and what ended up happening was, and to backtrack even further, um, I my pack, I had just come from backpacking in South America, mm. and my pack went on a little adventure in Mexico City, <laughs> um, unbeknownst to me. So a lot of my gear came back kind of in weird shape, mm. um, and I'm pretty sure my bladder went through some stuff. Knife fights in the center and, of Mexico yeah, City. Yeah, so it Came, but it came back with a little, like, pinhole leak in it. And I was, like, YouTubing, like, how to... Fi- because I had just gone to REI earlier in the day. I had just, like, gotten, like, last-minute gear stuff. And, like, just, like, double-check and make sure... Like, I got an extra, like, see the Summit stuff sack. I'm like, can't have too many of these. Like, <laughs> like panic-buying things. Um, but anyway, and that... So, obviously, this at this point, it was, like, 11 o'clock at night. Obviously, REI was closed. Obviously, I couldn't get to an REI before I was leaving the next morning. And so I'm, like, learning how to, like, kind of melt the plastic so it can, like, melt together. Or how to, if you have, like, a bike tire Oh, yeah, patch kit. But then that ends up, like, making your water taste awful. Mm. Um, Just, like, jerry-rigging. And then I'm, like... like feverishly texting all my friends who Mm. might have water bladders who maybe won't be doing any adventures for like the next two weeks Mm. um so and I wasn't hearing back from anyone because it was getting later it was like at this point it was like after midnight finally I had one friend who said oh hey so my dad who like does a bunch of search and rescue stuff has like a treasure trove of bladders and if you want one he lives out in like to Walletin. No, yeah. And he's more than like more than happy to give you a bladder. And this was like and I of course I didn't want <laughs> to do that. But I was like this was like a survival situation. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, yes, thank you. I will be right over there in um well, like in I don't know, however long yeah, it's it's like, it was like over half an yeah. hour. <laughs> so I went over there. And I love it because he was, like, the most dad dad ever. He had, like, he had, he had them, like, all, like, laid out on the kitchen table. And he was, like, trying to, like, tell me the features of each one. And I'm just like, uh, that one looks great. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. And you're amazing. You're a lifesaver. And finally I got back home. By the time I went to sleep, it was, like... I don't know, like, 2.33 in the morning. I'd mm-hmm. essentially taken, like, an hour nap and then started, like... Oh, God. And, then I and drove... you started Wonderland after that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. It was, like, <laughs> it was a rough first day on that show. Yeah. But anyway, the the point is, yeah. I had selected a platypus, <laughs> and I it just had, like, the little, like, Ziploc top, and then you just, like, slide the little, mm-hmm. like, slider over it, and it was, like, a game changer. I was like, I... Will never use anything else. Yeah. So, big fan of the platypus. Yeah, screw tops be damned. Oh man, yeah, those twisty discs are yeah. the worst. And so it ended up being for the best because I've been able to abandon that awful, awful camelback. Yes, yeah. It's always good to know when gear works. It's like the Goldilocks of gear. Like, yeah. you've got to try stuff and see that it doesn't feel quite. Or Princess and the Pea, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's both. They're kind of the same. I slept on the ladder and I had a great night's 
might say it was meant to be. <laughs> but you have been paired with the proper bladder. That is what matters. <laughs> it was like Indiana Jones and the chalice where it's like, Oh my God. You chose wisely. <laughs> you didn't turn to dust. <laughs> like I, cho- I chose the golden bladder <laughs> for my hike. <laughs> he had like literally like six or seven different bladders. Yeah. He's like, oh, the features of it. I'm like, uh, this, uh, I like platypuses, so I'll take this platypus. Yeah. <laughs> it was meant to be. It was really meant to be. Um, I had a water bladder leak as well. Um, so I guess this is a key thing. So as we're going to talk, we are actually going, we're going to talk about um, like, yeah, planning your water sources. And one of the first things you do is check your gear um, because I also mm. had a leak in one of my water bladders and this was on the Colorado Trail. And um. I, it, then I just had the inside of my frame bag, which is the bag that was storing my stuff on the frame of my bike um, when I biked over mountains and things, um, where I stored my bladder would always fill up and get wet and moist and hor- or wet and horrible. And um, <laughs> thanks and for avoiding the M word. <laughs> <laughs> it's just now it's all I can think about. Why don't you tell me not to say it? It's like in my brain. Um, but so then all my stuff that was in that pocket kept getting wet. And I couldn't mm-hmm. figure it out, and then I figured out I had a hole in my water bladder, um, especially because I would like be like I didn't think I drank that were you much. able to fix it um no but yeah, it was a can't. slow leak and so I was lucky that it was a slow leak and like a small small leak mm. um and I was able to kind of position it to try to like reduce the amount that leaked out like by putting pressure but uh but yeah it could have been a disaster and wow. so I'm just really lucky that it worked out yeah basically I learned you cannot actually repair bladders like yeah. once there's like <laughs> sounds like what human bladders <laughs> <also>. <laughs> um the the drinky bladders <laughs> Um, yeah, like, once they get a hole or once something, like, you just have to get a new one. Like, mm-hmm. you can't fuck with your, like, water source. Exactly. The water carrying's too important. Yeah. I'm sure there's a way to make it work, but, like, if you don't have to, just get, get one that is in good shape. Yeah. So. But then, as far as going into planning for your water sources. Mm-hmm. So, um, for me, like, again, I always make sure about, I work out my mileage, how much I should have with me when I've done long distance hiking stuff. Um, I try to look at the guidebooks for things. Um, so like long distance trails will often have guidebooks. Um, the Colorado trail definitely has one and it tells you where water sources are. So you can have an idea about how far you have to go between your water sources. So you know how much to carry, um, and make sure that you're not going to run out. Um, and then, other than that, like looking up people's review or um, hiker forums and um, trail descriptions and things through all trails and a bunch of other places, you can often find um, water source information. And then also the map. You should, if you've listened to our podcast, you should have a map with you. Always have a paper map. Always have a map. Never not have a map. Don't do it. Exactly. Don't not have a map. <laughs> and these maps will magically show you where there are blue lines that have streams and rivers. Make sure it's not a seasonal stream, because if you're there in the summer, it might not exist. Um, so that's important, but those streams and rivers will still be there, um, the big rivers. And so you can look at the map and see where you're going to cross different streams. And that is a good way to plan your water sources, too. And Jen, what do you usually use? Yeah, so, okay. So I'm insanely diligent about water mm, as planning. you should be um, everyone should be this is like the one thing <laughs> i spend the most time doing my logistical planning on is water sources mm. so i cross research with like a lot of different things so um yes the maps um but i don't like to rely on maps because i am always afraid like all this stuff's dry <laughs> <laughs> so um i okay so the long distance hikes that i've been on um I've been lucky enough to find an app for, um, like a map app. So, um, my personal favorite is the gut hooks app. Mm. Um, so gut hooks has one for like all the major long distance trails in the U S um, including the Wonderland trail, the John Muir trail. Um, and what I do before I step foot on the trail is I take my little Excel spreadsheet <laughs> specifically for water um, and I cross-reference with my itinerary and the map and his app and there are like water droplets where there are water sources mm-hmm. and it is updated on the regular so oh, nice. not only does he update that app every season but also hikers can update the app 
um, like the water source, like they can oh, leave. Oh, they hike it. Yeah, they can leave. So if they come upon a river and it's like, oh, there's a water source here at mile 59.2 and you come upon it and it's actually dry, someone can come in and edit that and say, actually, as of August 3rd, 2017, this is dry, mm-hmm. um, which is great. So I love his apps. He also had one for the Tahoe Rim Trail um, that I found out uh, no one was updating. Um, but I'll talk about that. Um, so that's that's what I do. So I always have, with my itinerary, I always have what miles I plan on starting and what mile I plan on ending on and then all the points in between where I can find water. Um, and I... I don't really rely on, like, my technology when I'm out. I like to have, like, paper versions of things that I just, like, laminate and keep in a little thing on the top of my pack, in the mm-hmm. brain of my pack. So then that morning, I just kind of, like, review it, like, okay, there's water at this junction and this place and this place. So I do that. I also will call ranger stations. Oh, that's smart. Um, and when I, and also when I'm picking up my permit, I'll ask about the water situations of certain points along the trail. I'll always ask where particularly dry areas are and if they know in the area where I can find water. Because um, I like to, like, when I'm actually there, have, like, the most updated water report. Um, and rangers really, like, know about that stuff, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, and then I also read forums. And I'm, yeah, there are so many resources. Um, I know for the Pacific Crest Trail, there is actually a specific water report mm-hmm. that PCT through hikers can obtain. It's a paper report, and it tells you mile by mile like where you can find water that's important i know the beginning of the pct is super dry it's desert the first Um, 700 miles are desert and so for that's so incredibly key and also it'll give you an idea how much water to carry with you Mm -hmm. um and yeah how much water do you usually carry with you um i always start with a full three liter bladder okay i know this goes against a lot of backpackers comfort because so for example on the january trail there was bountiful water mm-hmm. and a lot of people are like oh you can just get away with like one liter at a time and just like fill as you go I'm not like that mm-hmm. like I it's worth the extra weight to me to have a full bladder of water even if I don't drink at all by the end of the day um but speller I'd go through it like yeah. <laughs> um but I like to I always start with a full three liter bladder and then but if it's going to be a particularly dry stretch or if I'm at elevation mm-hmm. I also have a collapsible one liter now that I also carry with me. Um, I usually fill that up at night because that becomes like my rehydrating my meal water and also just like drinking in my tent water because I like to have already like pumped my water for the next day and like leave that in my pack Um, because I don't like, I don't know, I like to have everything done as possible like the night before so I can just get up and go the next morning. Yeah, but if you are at Elevation, the conventional wisdom is you need to have one liter of water for every three miles that you travel. Wow. Um, To to stay, like, even. To, like, stay, to, like, keep your body happy. And everybody's a little different, but that's a good general rule. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And I... Yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah. But, we'll um, but anyway, um, yeah, so I always cross research with a bunch of different sources, and I like to have on a spreadsheet where I can find water. Nice. It's a comfort thing, mm. and it's also a prepared thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's, for me, I like it generally will decide as I go. But you're also running most of the trails, I think. A lot of times. Um, but when I have done hikes, when I've done like multi day or multi week hikes, um, then it's, uh, I usually would like to start the day, um, look and see where my next water source is going to be, go, you know, and just keep going water source to water source. And that's kind of how I plot out my day is like based on the water sources. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I know it's going to be a really long distance to the next one and the sun is starting to like get close to setting in the sky in some way, I'll call it an early day. Um, but for the most part, that's like the, the guideposts of my day are the water sources. And so I decide on the go where I want to stop. Um, and generally it's good to end your day at a water source or near one, um, because so that you can have water for your food for the night, Mm -hmm. water for filling up your water bladders in the morning for the beginning of your hike. If you don't do that, you have to stock up 
at the last water yeah. source before your campsite so you have enough when you get there so that you can do all that stuff. Yeah, dry camping is it's not great. It's not good. I don't like it. I've had to do it a couple times and I hate it yeah. because you I'm just like totally conserving water mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and just like hoping that by the time I get to that next water source like I'm not out and mm-hmm. yeah I like to what I like to be near water because I like to just constantly like fill yeah, yeah. water from myself <laughs> and plus I like to have like a hot beverage and I like to you know when I'm like at camp I like to have all the liquid (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's a really good I like liquid too (laughs) it's such a treat (laughs) oh my god when you're hot and sweaty like yes it's the best thing I also like to put my naked body in water yes me too it's my favorite because I as we talked about in the poo episode yes I really like the poo and bathe method like I like to just like do that and then wash all the dirt and salt off my body (laughs) and I like to just jump naked into things so like everybody if you haven't done it get your body naked put it in a body of water it's great a clean body of water it's life giving it's It's amazing you will feel reborn (laughs) the next important thing for you to know about is treating your water so there are a lot of different options for treating your water Um, so this is by treating I mean like putting things in your water to take out the things that are deadly that can kill you or give you horrible diarrhea and diseases. Yeah. You Don't do, die from diarrhea, please. Do, you, you have died from dysentery. Exactly. We're not on the Oregon Trail. Yeah, don't do there it. There are ways to, like, not have horrible things in your stomach. Exactly. And so I have tried a number of methods now, and I really love my straw filter. It's not the Life Straw. That's one of the brands you can get. Sawyer. I, um, sure. Uh, or me? No, the Sawyer Life Straw? Oh, yeah, maybe that is. I don't know. I just know it's called a Life Straw, and there's a picture of someone, like, drinking out of a really gross Sawyer leg. Life Straw. Okay, yes, okay. <laughs> and so... I spend a little bit of time at REI. Yeah, exactly. Looking at brand photos. <laughs> we love you, REI. I love you, REI. <laughs> Especially now that you're featuring Jenny. That's amazing. Yay. Um, Super sponsor Yeah. actually have this amazing like filter straw thing that I got in Europe by accident like I needed to get one and I looked for a life straw they didn't have one they had this like fancy fucking system that I now love uh, which is like a life straw but like lasts longer wow. um, and I got it DOS a straw exactly <laughs> <laughs> so whatever the hell it is I can't remember but that's what I got from the fancy store in Amsterdam like cool. the outdoor store um, it's been amazing I like just walk up and lean over like a, a river and drink out of it it's so good wow um, and and so that is my favorite method. It's really lightweight, but it's a little less questionable in integrity than to the life straw, which feels a little bougie, like a little janky. Not bougie. That's so not the <laughs> same. It's not dressed that in word like... That word is not being made to me. I meant janky. It is not janky. It's not class related. Literally nothing. <laughs> I know. They're bougie. bougie. <laughs> what? My brain is tired. How'd you, how'd you do in the SAT? <laughs> chlorine drops I think it's aquamira drops mm-hmm. um, because they don't uh, there are other options out there like iodine pills that also kill things apparently they take forever I'll talk about that in a minute um, but uh, the chlorine drops the aquamira drops don't change the flavor as much as the iodine does so I prefer I like that it's pretty lightweight pretty easy to go easy go to and I like to have two forms of water treatment mm-hmm. for any long distance thing because you just never know if it's gonna there's gonna be a problem with yours and you don't want to end up getting like again don't want to die of dysentery or giardia um don't poop yourself to death so make sure you but have if you do treatment. we have an episode about how to deal with giardia exactly so go back and listen to the episode um, <laughs> so, yeah but yeah that's what I like what do you use yeah aquamira um just to clarify oh, aquamira yeah. which is great and actually pretty like fairly inexpensive in the yeah. world of water filtration mm-hmm. um it's a two part system so they're these like tiny little almost like little bottle dropper liquids that you just mix together it's like four drops of this and it's like part a and part b and you mix them together 
Um, and then you like put it in your bladder and it takes like 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, if, if that's less than that, it's, I forget. It's I, like 20 minutes. It's, it's pretty yeah, quick. It's really fast. Um, and that's my backup method. Mm-hmm. I always have those with me cause they're, they're just so light and tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like a comfort to know because I use the filter, mm-hmm. um, like the pump filter. So I use a Catadyne Pro, hmm. um, which also I got from REI. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you, REI. Yeah. <laughs> we love um, it. But yeah, I have a super fancy pump filter, which I love because my water tastes delicious. Mm. Um, and you can drink the water immediately after you pump it. And it's pretty fast. I mean, it depends how fast you pump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to make the comment. I'm a, I can pump real fast. Yes. Um, but yeah, it takes like like not even five minutes to fill my bladder. Um <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> just pump and go. Um, but yeah, it's great. And it's really like, they're really easy to clean. I've had mine for years. So I use that. And, but just in case that breaks or something happens or a marmot runs off with it, I've got my aquamira drops. Um, so yeah, I love having a backup method too, because I don't like water panic and I yeah. like to have all my bases covered. Yeah. And if you are far out there and there is no water, it's you're just kind of screwed. And so don't get to that point. Bring a backup water treatment source yes. for anything long distance or water treatment method. Um, and then I would say I have tried the iodine pills. They taste fucking horrible. Oh, they taste gross. And they take a really long, some of them take up to four hours to work. Like that, I just had an incident, which we'll talk about in a minute, where I brought, I had those with me and I had forgotten my straw because I always double check your gear, apparently when you're on vacation um, because you might have put it somewhere where it doesn't normally go. Well, you were blinded by love. I was. (laughs) Too blind to check your gear. Exactly. So, so the freaking pills. Oh, my God. But they take four hours to work. They, you know, in a pinch, if you're absolutely screwed, go ahead, use iodine. But it tastes like crap. Anyone will tell you that. I mean, it'll keep the jarity out of your stomach. But it will taste so gross. And even grosser. So, like, I've actually rehydrated food with iodine water. Oh. And, like, it makes your food taste gross. It's not good. But, I mean, it'll keep you healthy, but it doesn't taste good. So that's, like, my least favorite method of... Water filtration. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I have a, um, a a UV pen, like UV light pen. Oh, so Sterilite? Yes, yeah, Sterilite. But you know all the names. <laughs> Girl. Yes. Water research is my jam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that that is your expertise. That is the best thing ever. <laughs> it's a weird niche. But it is mine. It's I will a, claim it. But it's the vital, in the apocalypse, clearly I want to be around wherever you are. Because oh, I'm is. ready. I'm not a, I'm not a prepper, but I'm pretty sure I will, like, survive in the forest for a long time. (laughs) With my little water pump, which will, like, never fail me. Exactly. (laughs) And I am... But yeah, the, the pen, the Steri pen is like, it's just kind of a pain in the butt. Like you sit there and stir for until the light goes out for X amount of minute, like 30 seconds or something, which doesn't seem that bad. But it also, I just question whether it's working for some reason. Like I never feel like I'm getting in all the water. They say it's fine, but I'm always, I always felt like I doubted the water I was drinking. Mm. Plus it was heavy and I'm an ultralight well, person. Well, and you need like batteries too, Yes. Right? And yeah. then you're relying on technology and what if it gets wet? Mm-hmm. What if it, and yes, you should have a back up water treatment plan but it's and it's just not it's not good i tried it it wasn't worth it and it doesn't remove like silt or anything it just it just makes the silt drinkable yes (laughs) drinkable silt (laughs) so all the dirt for your intestines Um, (laughs) i'm a i'm a big fan of the filter with the aquamira backup and you're a big fan of the 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 Straw. Straw. Okay. Dust straw. Dust straw. <laughs> With the Aquamere backup. Like, yeah. Aquamere is pretty great. Aquamere so. is great. Yeah, it's like 16 bucks yeah. to get at REI. Yeah. <laughs> and most outdoor stores in like, like literally small all the outdoor towns, stores. they all have it. It's great. I don't know what being in a small town is like, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. All right. So now we're going to go into the most, probably most important thing beyond like basic care of water is troubleshooting. When things go awry or unexpectedly, what do you do? Yeah, so like let's say you've planned meticulously and you're like, okay, at this junction here there should be a stream mm-hmm. and that stream is dry. Uh-huh. What do you do? Oh, you get after upset. you after you, after, 
after you fetal cry, exactly. wasting more precious body water. Exactly. And so, um, well, one thing I'll say, uh, so we both have stories about stuff going awry with water. Mm. Um, and uh, I, something I learned on the Colorado Trail is aspen trees. So this is just a little thing to know if you are having trouble finding water. Aspen trees tend to congregate around water sources, around streams and rivers. And so every time that like we were far out from water, there was one day in particular we had to go really far because um, we just decided not to stop. We thought we would be fine. And then it was like, crap, it's really far. Um, looking for those trees, that gave me an indication that it was we were getting closer and it told me like where to look to find a stream off trail. Um, so that can be helpful, at least in Colorado. I don't know about other places, but and, and you know, we'll have to have Maya back on. We'll have to uh, ask her about plants that would indicate water sources. That was just a little tidbit I gained. My most recent experience was in Hawaii. I did a long trail run for something most people hike to, to go camping overnight, and I decided to do it in a day as an out and back. And um, because it's a big climb at the end, and the whole thing is exposed. There is absolutely no reprieve from the sun for mm. the entire hike. It was in the over 80 degrees. Um, I brought my normal two running water bottles and I double checked and it said that there was a water source at the campsite at the end that I was going to go the, this beach I was running to and then I would run back after refilling my water there. So I thought I only needed my two. I decided to forego the water bladder in my pack, which I should have just freaking brought with me. Um, and when I ran out there, the water, quote unquote, water source that was, and I did just because I had a feeling, I decided to like go light on my water intake and so like take sips a little bit as I go don't <laughs> chug too much save a tiny bit and thank god I wasn't totally out when I got to the beach because the water quote-unquote water source there were jugs of water that were super questionable like they smelled awful something oh, no. was clearly no, growing no, 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 in them no, no. yeah it was like if you can smell it the was water, bad it was so bad it's not <laughs> it was cloudy it smelled bad nope. and I was like is this even the water source or did someone just like I don't know, poop into... I don't know! I don't know! Someone's like, here's a, here's a bottle of Giardia. Drink up, friend. Exactly. And so, and I had... I normally always have my water straw with my, like, awesome DOS straw with me. Do not DOS straw that gross bottle. Ruin my DOS straw. No. Fill it with poo. No. <laughs> But, you know. Yeah, I feel like it's like it's like the it's like the golden rule of sushi. Like if you can if there if there's yes. an odor to it, back away. Exactly. Back away. You should be able to smell your water. So that was a, a big problem, and there was no water source beyond that. There was only um, salt water in the ocean, which uh, you know you don't drink because right. that's gonna dehydrate you. I hope you know that. Um, and uh, so don't drink salt water. That's bad for you. So bad. Um, you're better off just being dehydrated exactly. than drinking salt water. Exactly. Um, but I was already, oh man, I was already sweating a lot. But I was like, you know, I could take this and chance it. Or I could just try to run back as fast as I can with the little bit of water I have left. Even with that gigantic climb at the end, like gaining 2,000 feet or something like that of elevation in this tiny distance at the end is brutal. And I was like, you know... I just got to go. I got to go as fast as I can. I'm going to jump in this water, cool down, you know, stop my sweating. Um, so that's one thing to think about is your the water that you're losing, you have to start thinking about when you run out of water. So I knew immediately, like, if I can get my body temperature down because it's so hot outside, I'll at least reduce the amount of time that I'm sweating. And then that will help me conserve water. Um, I will breathe through my nose because breathing through your mouth actually helps with insensible water loss through your mouth and your throat. Mm -hmm. um, so by keeping my mouth closed, I could maintain that little bit of water that I was going to lose from that. And so then, um, and I knew how little water I had left in my, my water bottles. And so I knew that it was better to sparsely drink that, drink that in little drops droplets here and there just to keep my mouth hydrated make my trick my body into think I was thinking I was getting a little bit of hydration throughout the whole run um so all of this came into my head when I realized I was kind of fucked and that the temperature was very hot and that I really needed water I was already thirsty and when the minute you're thirsty you're already dehydrated and so um I was a little screwed but 
I made it, you know, I'm okay, but I got real dehydrated. Mm -hmm. And um, the best way, again, I survived, I got to the top, I was able to get to water after and then just chug and chug and chug and chug. I was covered in salt from my body that had dried all over me. Um, Did you have like the gritty salt face? Oh yeah, it was in the corners, inside corners (sighs) of my eyes and like, like crisp so much. I've never had that much on me ever. Um, I wish I wish I could say I I have not been there, but I have been like a giant salt lick. Like you, like rub your face, and you're just like like your hand is covered in salt. You you could be a salt. You're your own salt mine. (laughs) Oh man, you're like need like a friendly horse to come along and be like salt lick. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh, and I just remembered um, something about salt lick made me think of that. Um, That uh, another so things to think about are. Water loss through your mouth, mm-hmm. water loss through your sweat, um, and then water loss through sunburn. So oh, your skin, yeah. you start, you lose way so more. So dehydrated. Mm-hmm. It saps the water out of you. So I was already getting red on my shoulders. I took, I wasn't wearing, I was running in a bikini, let's be real. I was running in a bikini, but I had a shirt I started with that was in my pack. I took it out and created like a cape to cover my shoulders in any place that was getting red. So again, to protect. So running with my mouth closed, running with the cape to reduce that water loss cooled my body down in the ocean to get the temperature down to reduce my sweating all of that made a huge difference in me getting back and being okay so those are the ways that i when you know you will not have a water source and you are totally fucked that is the best way to conserve your water um and yeah and it turned out okay and sparsely drink out your water like and i got every droplet when you think you're out of water in your water bottle you unscrew that fucking lid and you just dump like whatever tiny drops you can get into your mouth because every little bit of hydration matters so that was my situation um of how to deal with having absolutely no water or water that will make you real sick um i was lucky it was just a single day thing if it was an overnight thing I probably wouldn't have run. Um, I probably would have slowed to a fast walk to reduce my sweating also. Um, But this one, I was like, I just need to get back to water. I know I need to get to water, so I'm going to go at a pace that, like, is as fast as I can go without totally drenching myself in sweat. So, yeah, it worked out. I turned out, I survived, and I I had a really good time, other than towards the end when I was like, wow, I'm really, 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 really dehydrated right now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and you can start, like, your mind starts to play tricks on you, and it's almost like hypothermia, where Mm -hmm. you get, like, hot, and you, like, take off your clothes, and it's like, well, this is where you die now. Exactly. Um, Like, same thing with dehydration. When you're really dehydrated, it really, like, messes with your brain, and you start making poor decisions, so... It's really important to, like, check in with yourself, too, um, before you get to the point where you're just wandering in the Gobi Desert and putting yourself out to pasture. Exactly. (laughs) Don't wander towards the mirage. Take a moment. Recalibrate yourself. Look away from the fairies. Find your way back to safety. Like, definitely, like, have a powwow with yourself. Yeah. Um, Yeah, my, my method. So... Um, on the Tahoe Rim Trail, which I had meticulously planned. I had spreadsheets for days. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my all my research. I had contacted rangers. And, like, through the rangers that I had talked to, um, had already planted water caches in, like, the most sparse water situation areas. But it, it turned out to be real. So um, I attempted the Tahoe Rim Trail in the summer of 2015 at peak in, in August in like peak drought time of a peak drought year. Um, and so the first day one was supposed to be really easy. It was only 10 miles and we had encountered no water Um, the next day was supposed to be a 23 mile day from one lake to another lake because I like to camp at water sources. For many reasons. Um, (laughs) For uh, for many and obvious reasons. Um, and there were supposed to be at least two viable water sources and, um, well, so A, I ended up getting... Lo- not lost. Um, I found myself, um, but I ended up getting sidetracked. Down. I I took an d- involuntary detour, um, so it was already going to be a twenty three mile day. That ended up being a twenty nine mile day for me. 
um, with zero water sources. Holy shit. Um, and my method of survival was crying to a stranger. <laughs> Losing water, no. Who was a, who was a bike packer um, who fortunately had water he was able to spare for me because um, I was already, at that point, it was mile 21. Um, and here's the other thing. So this has nothing to do with water. This has everything to do with, like, when, so I'm, usually a solo backpacker but on the Tahoe Rim Trail I was with Dan who's my BF who I met doing the Wonderland Trail and we're like let's do a long trail together um and that morning when even though the day before was really rough I woke up the next morning feeling amazing um we like slept like a rock um, I had drunk, like, my weight in water mm-hmm. at the, at that lake the night before. Um, I was feeling really good. Um, and Dan just has a faster pace than I do, because he's lean and he has longer legs. Um, and I've got my little chubby lady legs. <laughs> so I just, so Which I just, pre-heels, well, you'll be testing out to see if you can stop yeah, the chub for, for, uh, for all yeah. my chafing Um, so I, um, so I was like, hey, I'm, so he was... He likes to take his time at camp in the morning. I like to just peace out and go. So I said, hey, I'm going to meet you at this junction, um, but I'm going to take off and I'll meet up with you. And I just, like, put in some good tunes and set out. It was beautiful. I got to, like, watch the sunrise as I, like, set out, and it was amazing. Um, We did end up meeting up at a junction, but by the time he came to me, I was already kind of done with my break. And I was like, hey, I'll meet you at this next junction. I'm going to take off. And he's like, great, I'll see you in a little bit. And I, like, a quarter mile past that was, like, a split, and I went down the wrong trail. And the bad thing about that is that Dan had, the rest of the time, thought that I was just, like, way ahead and wasn't stopping for him, that I just kept going, when in reality, I was six miles behind him. Holy shit. um, Which sent me into a panic, because there was no service out there. Um, so it's not like I could text him and be like, hey, I actually got behind you because I got lost because <laughs> I'm stupid. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so that was a really rough day. I cried a lot that day. I'm like, ah, oh, he thinks I'm so far ahead. So I assumed at that point I was just going to meet him where we were camping that night. Um, but I was out of water by mile 20, um, and I, and I only had three liters of water, period. And, which was bad. So I was really dehydrated. Um, my mind was starting to, like, play tricks on me. It was bad. I was at altitude. At that, I think that area was 11 or 10,000 feet. Um, yeah, it was really bad. It was really scary. And I hadn't passed anyone on the trail for a really long time. And finally, there was a bike packer coming towards me. And I was like, I need water. No. Um, so I probably looked real pathetic. But he mm. was really amazing and gave me, like, a liter of water that I just guzzled. Mm. Um, and it turns out we, um, about four miles from where we were going to camp for the night, was, a, like, a road junction that he had already stopped at because he took the chance that maybe I wasn't ahead because he gave me the benefit of the doubt that I wasn't just going to be a jerk and just like, he's that bitch for like 20 miles. Um, And um, so I was in rough shape. His feet were tore up. Um, And so we were both in sad sad shape. Um, And there was a really amazing couple who actually were really good friends with to this day. Their names are Frank and Carol, and they live in Tahoe. Um, And they rescued us that night. We went to a restaurant, and I just remember, this is all I remember about that night, really, is I remember sitting there, and the waitress coming over and kept, like, refilling our water glasses with, like, icy water, and I was like, it, she just keeps bringing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, after going 29 miles with wow. almost no water, and now this, like, magical lady fairy is, like, <laughs> giving me cold water, on the, I was like, this is, oh my god, incredible. Like, I don't remember what we talked about, I don't remember what we ate, I just remember remember her refilling our water and yeah. being like this is amazing <laughs> and I've never taken that for granted since. Yeah. Like, and you oh man you cannot understand how the relief mm. of water 
on your lips and in your belly when you have been like without it for an ex when you are that dehydrated it's like oh my god the sensation there is nothing better in the, the sex is not better nothing everything nothing, nothing can top being like sur surviving your body exactly your body's like I get to live now it's like you go from being a sad raisin to a plump grape again exactly <laughs> Slowly <laughs> over time with lots of refilled water from the lady at the restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we that that was when we ended up having like a serious powwow that night because we were not even in what was the tricky water section. Mm -hmm. Um we're like, okay, real talk. Like mm -hmm. what what are we gonna do? Um yeah, so even even if you plan your heart out, even if you talk to rain, like, you can still come upon water snafus, and you just have to hope that you're able to improvise. Lisa, I had, like, literally no idea about how to conserve water. In your, yeah. I, just, I just do the cry to a stranger method yeah. and, like, hope it works. <laughs> <laughs> Which does? That's, that's my that's my go to yeah, yeah. <laughs> pro tip. Yeah, lose your hum like have no shame. Yeah, and just seriously, shame goes out the. I did yeah. ask. I finally met a hike right at the very top, though. Mm -hmm. Um, one person because I didn't see anyone like the entire time I did my thing. Um, and I did ask them. I was like, "Do you have water?" And I knew I was close to my vehicle, but I had no water in it because I drank it all oh. before I got there. Oh, I started. The, oh, anyway. Yes. No shame on the trail. No. If you need help, ask for help. It is like... Yes. I, and you know what? I didn't even... You don't even care. In that moment, like, you just feel so horrible, you will ask. But yeah. in case you have some huge block about, like, not being able to do that, fucking ask for help. Yeah, it's there, more important that you survive. There are <laughs> a lot of people who don't like to ask other hikers for help. Like, they, there's... I don't know if there's, like, a stigma or... But honestly, if I'm hiking and I'm good on water and someone is, like, approaching me and they're struggling and they're just, like, not going to say it, like, I would rather they're, like, I need, I mean, I'm more, like, the thing that I love about the outdoor community is that people are really altruistic. They're really, if they have the means to help another outdoors person, like, they totally. will. You know, um, because, like, think of yourself. If you're listening to us, you're yeah. probably an awesome person. Yeah. And you're yeah, probably you really ready to help someone if they need it, especially for something as vital as water. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, don't, don't, think, don't feel any shame. Mm -hmm. Like, this is literally life or death. Even yeah. if you don't think it is. Even if you're like, oh, I just ran out of water, I'll probably be okay. No. Mm. Get water. Like, you don't want to fuck around with yeah. that. You can die. It's real. This is way more threatening than most things you will face out there. The lack of water will kill you really fast. And so um, I think it's three days the average person will last without it. But that's without it being hot and well, you being sweaty. Yeah, and that's without you being on, like, your outdoor adventure. Exactly, exactly. And so something else really important to consider when water snafus happen is electrolytes matter, too. Mm -hmm. If you're getting really dehydrated... So there's a balance in your blood of water and electrolytes. So these electrolytes, if they get out of whack, your heart can stop. Um, you can pass out. Kidneys can... There's just a lot of stuff, but bigly, big thing being her bigly oh god wow oh my god i was oh my no. god no he's infiltrated my gonna, brain we'll edit that out oh my god oh no so anyway if you I, my brain jumped to another word and i didn't um so anyway if you um the big thing is that your heart can stop if your electrolytes get out of whack and that and muscles can seize up, but big, big muscle, important one is your heart. Mm -hmm. Um, so you worry about over drinking water can be a problem. Um, so again, there's this balance in your blood of electrolytes and water. If you drink way too much water and you're not sweating a lot because in your sweat, you lose electrolytes too, then you are over diluting your water or your blood, excuse me. So don't, binge on water um but also if you're getting dehydrated think about that plump grape <laughs> versus a shriveled raisin um and so slowly you're losing the ability of like the amount of blood in your vessels mm. um and that is why your heart starts racing so fast when you're dehydrated is it takes that much more pumping to get like nutrients where they need to go because you don't have the volume in your blood vessels that you need to get nutrients like when your heart pumps for it to pump nutrients where it needs to go um so 
do think about electrolytes. They're super important when it comes to dehydration and stuff. Um, if you you should have electrolyte tabs with you when you drink and rehydrate, you want to rehydrate with electrolytes. So that is really important because when you've been sweating that whole time, you've also lost electrolytes. Isn't affecting you at this moment because you have that lack of water, so the balance is okay. But once you rehydrate, if you only rehydrate with water you're going to throw that balance off. Do you yeah. have any favorite electrolytes that you use? Um, I just, I don't have a name. I don't know the name. REI has some, um, but you can just get uh, like pills, uh, electrolyte pills that you can dump into, into your mm -hmm. water bottle. Um, and you should have them in your 10 essentials first aid kit. Um, you can also use, um, I, you know, I'm a big old fan of Gatorade. It has, it is well balanced. It has potassium. So the big ones you care about potassium, your heart can stop with the potassium stuff. So potassium and salt, um, magnesium, calcium, the, basically everything that's in Gatorade. You need the stuff that's in Gatorade other than the high fructose corn syrup. Um, but I will often just mix up my own like fruit juice thing with, um, with those electrolyte tabs. Or I'll just put the electrolyte tabs in my water if I'm out on a trail. So, so like when you're thinking about water, water is really important. But also remember that you're going to need those electrolytes replenished because in your sweat you're losing those too. Yeah, I just, I'm just going to give, like, a real quick testimony on electrolytes. Yeah. So I never bothered with, like, I feel bad, but, like, I've yeah. never bothered with electrolytes mm -hmm. until this past summer, mm -hmm. um, mainly because I always thought, like, oh, electrolytes, that's for, like, ultra marathon yeah. runners. <laughs> <It> and, <is. laughs> and for people who are doing, like, hardcore yeah. stuff, that's not really for people like me. Yeah. Um, and then being out on the John Muir Trail, there was, like, a particularly challenging day. Mm. Um, and you're also at altitude out there. I mean, I was between, like, nine and 13,000 feet regularly. Mm -hmm. um, and I was having, like, a really rough day. And, like, I was moving. I mean, my pace normally is pretty slow. Um, usually, if I'm ascending a mountain, I'm consistently about, like, one mile an hour. And I'm like, oh, I'll get so much faster. And I was, like, still one mile an hour. Yeah. Like, right, well, but I feel less terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was, like, just moving so slow. And everything just felt really difficult. And I didn't really know why, like, I'd slept well the night before. Like, but everything was just so hard it was like a little fizzy thing like you put it in your water and you yeah. shake it up and it it kind of makes it almost like a gatorade like it oh um noon i use those noon n-u-n-u-u-n okay anyway that's probably what she gave yeah me. so yeah. she so i i put some in my collapsible nalgene because i didn't want to like put it in my bladder and have that all taste weird so mm. um but i put it in my my nalgene and oh within not even i mean by the between like 30 minutes to an hour I felt like reborn yeah <laughs> I I was full of energy I mean I like charged up that trail to the past like I it was like night and day and I was like I cannot believe I've never kept electrolytes in my pack and so at my next resupply stop there was like a little general store and I was like give me all the electrolytes yeah. and it was it was amazing mm -hmm. I so now I'm like okay no these are like super valid products yeah. But I'm like, electrolytes, that's for suckers and ultra marathon runners. <laughs> and what plants crave. <laughs> but yeah, I, so like night and day, I was, I, so now I fully am on the electrolyte train. Yeah, and what Jen just described is something in in the biking world they referred to as bonking, um, mm. which sounds hilarious, sounds like sex to me, but um, everything does. If you've it's noticed, I'm like, you I'm like a, a child. Yes, exactly. You hit a wall <laughs> in running, they'll say you're like hitting a wall. Um, but bonking is exactly that. You crash. Um, mm. So we are like electrical circuitry. Our bodies are. Like things, there is electricity inside of us and things cannot be conveyed the way they need to without electrolytes. So water is not enough. You need the help mm -hmm. of salt. You need the help of potassium because um, they're little charged particles that help everything to function smoothly. Um, and so, uh, sorry, the nurse in me is coming out. And so, um, have you ever talked about your medical background? By the way, I feel I like haven't. I feel like you should. So, like Lisa actually knows what she's talking yes. about when she talks about this. Like it's not like she reads an article. And she's like, oh, I mean, like she actually knows what she's talking about. Yeah. I was. <laughs> I assure you. Yeah, I I was a medical. 
professional for years. I've actually that one again. But um, but anyway, so yes, I do know about <laughs> electrolytes for sure. Um, and I worked with people that had some messed up electrolyte stuff going on. So I've seen what it can do to a person. So it's just be careful. So um, what's really great um, is yeah, you can get these the, the little tablets to put in your water. You can get little pills to put in your water. And also a lot of energy goos will say right on them or energy gels or like snacks that you get will go will say right on there that they have electrolytes in them and it'll tell you on the back it has like magnesium potassium sodium uh, all the important stuff that you need so keep that in mind if stuff if you're slowing down feeling like crap grab some electrolytes it's yeah. what active people crave <laughs> so. i'm such a convert yeah <laughs> because i was like Your body is like this is great i can function now. yeah i was like i'm not running a marathon i don't need this shit and yeah. it's like oh wait you kind of are <laughs> but it's, yeah and it's amazing because i just the the swiftness in which everything inside me like changed mm-hmm. was like oh i I don't know. It was amazing. Yep. <laughs> I was like, I cannot believe I've never been on board with this. So yep. electrolytes are amazing. Yep. Right, and the last thing to add about the water finding, there are plants and roots of plants that have a lot of water in them. Um, if you're in a desert, cactuses, I know that you can like cut into a cactus and potentially get some of the flesh from that. And it's got some moisture. Um, don't eat poison berries. Listen to our last episode. Don't eat white berries. Um, but you can also find things that are potentially edible in your environment that have water in them. So, um, or if you have fruit with you, you know, food has food and plant sources can have water in them. And so when you eat them, your body will absorb that water. So that is something to consider last-ditch effort stuff. Ideally, learn about the plants you're around. Don't just put stuff in your mouth. <laughs> um, be careful. But, uh, That's what she said. <laughs> no, exactly. That's maybe general life rule. Don't just put stuff in your mouth. But, um, but uh, th- those options exist, and you can do research before you go to see what kinds of plants are available if you know you're going to be in a desert environment. So, But yeah, and so then from there, I guess that's... That's all of the things about the water sources and the making sure you don't die of dysentery and that you don't die of dehydration while you are out in the backcountry. Our mistakes are your avoided trauma. But also, uh, I know we discussed this in a previous episode too, but um, you can get Giardia pills from your doctor Mm -hmm. um, if you tell them that you're going out on adventure, just as like a preventative measure. You don't need to already have Giardia to get the prescription. I learned that from her just being like, oh yeah, it's just good to have. Because it's not like you're going to OD or get addicted to Giardia pills. (laughs) Um, They are really good to have just in your first aid kit. Um, And uh, yeah, so if you guys have any water finding tips or tricks or any favorite ways to plan for water yourselves that we haven't covered, um, as someone who is like obsessive about water planning, I would love to hear any additional advice you might have on this Mm -hmm. topic. Yeah, so just if you have any advice, please, you can post it under any of um, our posts for this episode on Instagram. You can also just do a hashtag women in the woods and we would love to see whatever you're doing for your water sources or water finding or like troubleshooting when water stuff goes awry. Uh, We can always learn more and we hope that we are informative for you but we always learn I am always learning from everyone else as well so please tell me the things yeah and I know there are like a million ways to to filter water so if you have a favorite way that we haven't covered I'm also super curious to hear about that Uh, bandanas in a pinch yeah like in our last or two episodes ago (laughs) thanks Lauren (laughs) for teaching us the 50 ways to Mm -hmm. use a bandana Um, Yeah, thank you guys so, so much for listening to us. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, Thank you guys so, so much for listening to us, and we hope that you have a great week in the woods. (laughs)